Uh, I'm going to start my sermon today with a little game of show and tell. Let me reach down to my special show and tell box. Uh, I was actually a high school teacher. I really know what I'm doing. Show and tell is an American thing too, right? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, I want to show you some of the items that were found underneath this building when the builders, the construction guys, were underneath raising the foundations. Some treasures that they found. And uh, for, the, for the room out the back and for our live stream, we've got a super close-up shot that they're going to see. Um, so the first thing that, that we found was some old glass. So right here, you can see two very small, maybe they're pill bottles or something, I think. Um, there's nothing inside, just dirt. Not sure what they were. When next, there was some other broken glass. Uh, maybe it's too small for a wine bottle and uh, a soda lid. Now there's some construction pieces. This is like a, a square nut. And then, I don't know if somebody lost their toy train. Did anybody lose their toy train in about 1950? Because I found it. Um, this little, it looks like a little old electric uh, toy train. Isn't that cool? And uh, that was underneath. And uh, the last one, I enjoyed this one too. Uh, a little piece of black, it looks like glass, but it's obsidian, uh, which is that volcanic rock that was used by uh, indigenous people to make spear, um, uh, sorry, arrowheads and things like that. And this one looks actually like possibly it was an arrowhead, I'm not sure. Uh, very sharp, and uh, somebody told me they can maybe use it in surgery too, but it's not approved by the FDA. No surprises there. Um, so they were some of the treasures that were buried under our church. There was some other rubbish too, but I didn't get that out. Let me put this down. Sometimes the treasures that we find are worth a lot more than toy trains and uh, little pill bottles. Back in England, um, there was an amateur treasure hunter called Terry Herbert. Uh, he was metal detecting with a metal detector that he bought at a garage sale for £2.50. And uh, he was in this field in Staffordshire, and he uncovers some shiny things. And as he digs down a little bit more, uh, he unearths the most um, significant historical find in uh, British history, this medieval treasure that's been buried since 700 AD, um, an Anglo-Saxon uh, gold and silver and uh, jewel-studded weapons and bracelets and helmets. And uh, this is called the Staffordshire Hoard. And uh, Terry Herbert found it. Uh, eventually, it got sold to the British Museum for three and a half million pounds. Uh, there was 1,500 pieces found in this stash underground, probably a king's ransom, something like that. Uh, there is a bit of a sting in the tail, though. Um, Terry Herbert was not prospecting on his own property. <laughs> and so the farmer, Fred Johnson, who technically owned the land, well, he owned the treasure because he owned the land, and uh, he and Herbert had quite the, uh, the stoush about the money and ended up causing a bitter feud. Um, buried treasure. It's exciting to imagine, isn't it? Um, and our Bible story today is all about finding buried treasure and what you would do if you found buried treasure. So why don't we pray that God would speak to us now as we open his word. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, please teach us now as we look at the Bible. Uh, please reveal hidden treasures to us and cause us to see their great worth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Uh, well, we are continuing in our series called Hidden Treasures um, from Matthew chapter 13 to 16. Um, our passage today is actually the reason why I called this series Hidden Treasures. Um, but the theme of hidden treasure or hidden truth or hidden meaning, uh, it's come up and up again and again in the passages that we've been studying for the last month because Jesus is saying to us uh, that we need to look for hidden treasure. It might be right there in front of us, but you'll find hidden treasure in what he's saying. If you look hard enough or if you listen carefully enough, you will find what you are looking for. Uh, so with that intro, why don't we open our passage for today. It's just two short parables, and they explain something about what the kingdom of God is like. From Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. Well, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he, sold, he went and sold all he had, and he bought the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Well, two parables connected by the idea of finding treasure and then selling everything you have in order to possess the treasure. What was Jesus getting at? Well, remember that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, um, a relatable image that reveals spiritual truth. And so when we listen to these earthly stories, there's a bit of historical context that helps us understand the parable a bit better. So firstly, for the man who found the buried treasure, well, that was actually something that happened quite a lot in that era. Um, they didn't have banks like we do now, or if, if you had banks, it was only for the most wealthy of people. And so the safest place for people to keep their wealth and their riches and their money was under the ground. And that was particularly important because uh, the political situation was far from stable back then. Um, when you think about the centuries before Jesus uh, came, uh, there'd been all kinds of different kings and empires. Uh, there was the Babylonians who came first and then the Persians and then the Greeks and then the Romans. And these armies, they would come and they would loot villages and they would loot homes and they would take people's livelihoods, they would kill people, they would drag them off to exile. And so then people would be conscripted into the army and they'd be gone from their land for years and years. And so the best hope of preserving your wealth was to bury it underground and hope that when you came back, if you came back, you'd be able to uncover it. Um, well, apparently Pablo Escobar did the same thing. <laughs> that great drug lord, great, the drug lord of the 1980s, the Colombian. Uh, he buried money all over his country, apparently. And uh, just a few years ago, a farmer was digging on his farm when he uncovered a blue plastic barrel. Uh, and inside it, $600 million. <laughs> it makes the three and a half million pounds look small, doesn't it? Um, of course, the Colombian government took the money. Uh, they seized it as the profits of drug uh, money. And the farmer was left with nothing. Uh, but you know what? Back in Jesus' time, if you found buried treasure on your property, um, then it was yours to keep. Um, so the rabbis had a saying that if a person finds scattered fruit, it's theirs. And if you find scattered money, it's yours. And so this parable, right, it has this man finding hidden treasure and he realizes the treasure could be his if he owns the property. And so he goes, he hides the treasure again, and he goes away and he sells everything he has in order to purchase this piece of property. 
And uh, we have to be a little bit careful. When we, when we read these stories, you sort of wonder, do, do I need to listen to every single detail? Does everything have a hidden meaning? Um, we might also be tempted to question the morality of this man. Uh, was he trying to defraud the original owner? Um, Jesus doesn't make a question about the morals here. It's not, it, there's no sort of sense of morality gone wrong. And then when you think about every detail of the story, um, do, we need to, do we need to say, well, why did he hide it again? What does that mean? Um, this is not an allegory. When, when there's an allegory, Basically, you need to look at the details of every single character and every single element, every word uh, matters. But in parables, there's generally one overarching meaning, and we can just be happy with that overarching meaning. And in this case, it's the joyful discovery of a hidden treasure. Jesus wants to imagine, he wants us to imagine ourselves as that man uh, uncovering something of great worth. Can you imagine that? Everybody gasped when uh, the $600 million barrel came out. Imagine discovering something like that and the great joy that you would have in finding that and that excitement you would have in that moment. Well, that's the historical context for the first parable. Um, well, the second parable is similar. It's about a pearl merchant, this pearl merchant who spends his life looking for treasures, uh, fine pearls. And when he finds them, uh, he, when he finds one of great value, he goes away and he sells everything he has in order to buy this particular pearl. Uh, back in the first century, pearls were considered the most precious of all gems. Did you know that? Uh, more, more valuable even than diamonds. Uh, back in the first century, back at this time, um, it was because naturally occurring pearls are so rare. Uh, so apparently one in 10,000 oysters will have a pearl in it, but only one in a million will have a pearl of gem value. So that's pretty rare, isn't it? And uh, back then, looking for pearls was very dangerous. Uh, they didn't have scuba gear, and so the uh, pearl divers would tie rocks around their waist, and they would jump into the sea, and uh, they would be sharks and there would be storms and there would be currents and then you just had to hold your breath long enough as you looked for oysters underneath well this all added to the allure and to the value of pearls uh, in roman times when our passage was written an individual pearl uh, of great value could be worth millions and millions of dollars one is estimated to have been worth about 36 million dollars uh, one that uh, one of the roman emperor's wives wore in her hair to a party uh, and for Roman emperors, when they wanted to show their great wealth, they would take pearls, dissolve them in vinegar, and then pour them into their wine to say, look, I can, I can drink the pearls. <laughs> so this pearl merchant in the parable, he's somebody who would have scoured the markets of the world for the perfect pearl, this pearl of exceptional quality. And to have such a pearl would put him in a position of power. It would put him in a position of leverage with royalty and with emperors. And this one investment, uh, this one risk, it would have returned his investment many times over. Could you imagine? So what are we to, what are we to make of these parables? Uh, remember that these parables are principally about understanding the kingdom of heaven and what the kingdom of heaven is like. And with that in mind, I, I think we learned five lessons from these short couple of verses. So here they are. Number one, the kingdom is priceless. The kingdom is priceless. Uh, there are two diamonds in the world that are considered priceless right now. There's the Kohinoor, uh, which is part of Queen Elizabeth's crown jewels. And there's the Sansi diamond, which was once part of the French 
uh, crown jewels. And both, both of these diamonds, they're considered so valuable that no price can be named for them. Well, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like finding one of these priceless diamonds. His kingdom is worth more than you could ever imagine, more than you could put a price on. And if you find it, there could be nothing more valuable in the world than his kingdom. Second thing we learn, some people are searching for God's kingdom and some people stumble upon it. Back in Australia in 1869, there were two prospectors and they found the world's largest known gold nugget. It was called the Welcome Stranger, 210 pounds of gold. Actually, I think it's about this big. Um, They were looking for gold, Uh, but not too far from there. Just five or six years ago, a man and his daughter were walking their dog down the street and the girl kicks a rock. She says, she picks it up. She says, Dad, do you think this could be gold? $25,000 nugget just on the street. Sometimes we stumble onto good things when we least expect it. You know, sometimes we just stumble into it. We stumble into life-changing things. And you might be here because you're on on a spiritual journey. You might be here because you are searching for meaning. Uh, Look carefully because Jesus says he has answers for you. But you might be here for other reasons. Perhaps somebody invited you along today and you came thinking, I guess I have to say yes. Or perhaps you came along, you've always come to church, but it's never really grabbed you. It's something you do. Jesus says, look down because you might just find gold. You might just find gold. Um, I love running courses like Alpha. Uh, We're running Alpha at the moment. Um, I love Alpha. It's this course for people who are wanting to find out more about the Christian faith, to explore it and discuss it and debate it. And I love it because um, there are always people who come along who find the kingdom for the very first time. They find the treasure. They find the hidden treasure. They meet Jesus and all of a sudden the penny drops and it all makes sense. Perhaps this whole Christian thing doesn't make sense to you right now. Um, Why not come along to Alpha? Maybe that will help. Because it might be the thing that leads you to find the hidden treasure in the Christian story, that understanding of who God is and, and what he wants from you. And that leads us to the third lesson from the parable today. The kingdom will cost you everything you have. That's a hard one, isn't it? See if I can sell this. In the parables, both men, both men went and they sold everything they had in order to possess that treasure that they were seeking. And all of us, right, we all seek treasures in life, not usually hidden treasure, but treasures in the form of wealth or or success or relationships or status or family or achievement. I, I suspect you know the treasure that you're aiming for in life. You know, what is the thing that would get you out of bed? And most of us, right, we will sacrifice a lot to win that treasure, to, to, out, to achieve the outcome that we desire. Uh, we put that goal on a pedestal and we do whatever it takes to get there, no matter the collateral damage and no matter the compromises that it might make us um, do. The ultimate goal becomes the thing that commands our time and our attention and it commands our focus and it becomes our driving force in life. Sometimes it becomes the thing that drags us under We all seek treasures in life. But Jesus, he he holds up a different treasure. This treasure that when compared to all of the others is of incomparable worth. This treasure that you've been seeking, that's what it is 
that he offers, whether you know it or not. This is the treasure. And Jesus' treasure, it's this treasure that demands your time and it demands your attention, it demands your focus. This is a treasure that if you knew what it was, you would give everything you have in order to have it. Later on, Jesus would say to his disciples this. He would say, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. It's an illusion about dying and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. See, the kingdom, Jesus says, will cost you everything, even your very life, metaphorically or literally. I'm going to leave that thought with you. We're going to come back to it in a few weeks because we're going to get to Matthew 16 uh, before too long. But there is something deeply costly about following Jesus. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Um, I think if you ask any Christian, they're going to say yes. The passage tells us absolutely yes. Um, Theologian Don Carson says this about the cost. He says, the kingdom of heaven is worth infinitely more than the cost of discipleship. And those who know where the treasure lies, they will joyfully abandon everything else to secure it. So, what is this kingdom? What is this kingdom treasure that Jesus offers? And what makes it worth the price? Well, that brings us to the fourth lesson from the passage today. The kingdom is the source of ultimate joy. Like I said before, we, we all seek treasure in life. But how many of us find satisfaction? Sadly, these treasures often promise the world, but they deliver much less. Sometimes they end up demanding everything from us. Rather than enriching our lives, they become a destructive force and uh, it can destroy relationships and mental health and so many other aspects of life. Um, Solomon, uh, he was one of the great characters of the Old Testament. Uh, He was a great king. Um, He knew what it was to achieve earthly success. He did more than anybody else. He'll tell you, let me read this for you, a summary of his accomplishments. Solomon said this, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and I had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all of my labor and this was my reward for all my toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I'd toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. It's Ecclesiastes 2, verse 4 to 11. You see, Solomon Solomon had everything. He had money, he had power, he had sex. But in the end, he says, it, it was all a chasing after the wind. Our human accomplishments only last so long. And then they're forgotten. And there's nothing wrong with human accomplishments. I mean, Solomon was one of the most accomplished leaders the world has ever seen. But he recognized that his achievements ultimately came to nothing. And I think so many of us go on the same journey 
as Solomon. You know, we try to make sense of life and who we are and what makes a person important. And we bundle our worth up with the treasures that we amass. We bundle our worth with our wealth. (laughs) But come back to the parable because Jesus says, Jesus offers a better treasure. Treasure that brings joy and ultimate satisfaction. See, Jesus doesn't explain exactly what the treasure is in his parable. Um, He's deliberately elusive. He wants us to be intrigued. Uh, He wants us to wonder what is so special about this kingdom treasure. He wants us to start digging and to uncover it and to see for ourselves. He wants us to search for the answer, like the pearl merchant who scours the world, looking for something that's not just found in any cheap counterfeit. He wants us to seek his kingdom and and to find out firsthand the difference that it makes to us. This uh, this parable is an invitation. It's it's inviting you to come and look, isn't it? And when I was a school teacher, um, this is the verse that I would write in kids' yearbooks, uh, because it's an invitation to, to find out to look for the treasure of the kingdom and to experience it for yourself. One of the best ways to do that is to keep coming along to church every week. That's what we do every week. We open the riches of the Bible and we find out what God's treasure is. Uh, You could join us at Alpha. It's not too late. Monday nights from 7 till 8.30 p.m. uh, Join us for that discussion of what the treasure is. Uh, Maybe you could get a Bible and start reading for yourself. If you don't have a Bible, you can read online. If you just search BibleGateway.com, you can get all kinds of Bibles. It's not very hard. You could start with the book of Matthew, this story of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And a lot of people read this book, and by the time they get to the end of Matthew, they say, I think I've found the treasure. You could pray. Ask God to illuminate. Ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to reveal the treasure that's always been there in front of you. Because the last thing we learn from the parable is this. Number five, Jesus wants us to find this treasure. He wants us to find this treasure. Jesus wouldn't have told this parable if he intended for the kingdom to remain hidden. All throughout this chapter, Jesus has reiterated that the kingdom is there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. This hidden treasure of Jesus' kingdom, it is right there for us to discover in the pages of the Bible. And Jesus reveals this a precious treasure to us because he desperately wants us to be part of his kingdom. We normally read this, uh, this parable with ourselves as the farmer, don't we? Uh, we're the one discovering the kingdom and, uh, and the joy of it. But there's another way to read this parable too, uh, because this parable reminds us that Jesus counts us as treasure. All through the Old Testament, God called these people um, his chosen people and his treasured possession. And then Peter in the New Testament says the same thing about the church. You are God's treasured possession. We are treasured by God. God loves us and God seeks us. And there is nothing that God would not do to purchase us back, to win us back for the kingdom. There was no price for God that was too great. After all, Jesus gave up everything, didn't he? He gave up his entire life on the cross to pay for our forgiveness that we might be found in the kingdom and to enjoy that richness and that treasure. God treasures us as his chosen people and his precious possession. He longs for us to find the greatest treasure that we could ever imagine. Why don't we pray that we'd find it? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message, this intriguing message of your kingdom and the great worth of it. Father, help us to find your kingdom. 
to find Jesus, to find life, to find meaning, to find value, to find worth, to find salvation. Lord, help us. Please reveal the secrets of your kingdom to us. Show us the treasure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.